Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast, episode 76. Now usually we start these podcasts with uh, a witty introduction, but we're going to refrain from that for just a few moments in order to address some sad news coming out of um, the internet at the moment. Uh, Just before we sat down to record today, a statement from FC Sheriff has announced the passing of former Stoke City player Jonathan Texera. Um, Age 25, the defender passed away earlier today in Brazil. Obviously, it's a very, very sad moment for all involved, and I hope that all of the listeners and everyone out there would join us in wishing his family and friends all the best. Um, It feels a little bit strange to go forwards and carry on a podcast as normal, but um, that's what we will try and do. So, welcome to episode 76 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Or is it episode 33? It could easily be either, as Stoke have yet again drawn 2-2 with Leicester City at the Britannia slash Bet365 Stadium for the third season in a row. This time, however, it was Stoke ruining a Leicester celebration with a Peter Crouch bullet header salvaging a point for the Potters and a potential England comeback for the 36-year-old striker. With David Cowlishaw taking some much-deserved rest from all things pod-related, it's time for his Black Lodge doppelganger to make an appearance. So it's a big WADPOD greeting for Dave Crowther-Green, who joins me to discuss Stoke City 2, Leicester City 2, before returnee Ben Cartwright comes from the upside down after looking for barbs and helps us both create a Stoke City Rivals 11 in part 2. If you can't tell from this introduction, I've watched a lot of TV this week. Uh, but when I haven't been watching Stranger Things and Twin Peaks, I was watching Stoke City. And I think you two were you were as well, Dave, were you not? Yeah, I was as well. And, and well, firstly, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm, I'm all right, yeah. Uh, it's been a while. Um, it's good to be finally be on. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's felt like a long time coming. And of course, this uh, helps uh, me because I don't have to um, learn a new name. I can just say <laughs> Dave. Um, yeah, Stoke City 2, Leicester City 2. Interesting game. Was, what did you think? Was it a good result for Stoke? Uh, mm, probably not. I, I think in previous seasons it might have been, uh, especially last season. But I think... This season, uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying how good of a result it was after winning at Watford and we carried on some positivity. Uh, but if you actually, for me coming out of Watford, I, I went as well and I just, I didn't understand where this idea of a good performance came from at Watford. I think we were beaten comfortably um, in terms of possession, chances. We, we should have been beaten if they'd have actually had someone that could finish on the day. Um, but I don't know, going into this game, I was... I was a little bit worried because we tend to not do that well when it comes to TV games and things like that. And I thought the early kickoff might have um, ruined it a bit. And it did to an extent. The first 20 minutes, I didn't know what was going on. It was just so slow from both sides. I don't think anything... We just sort of cancelled each other out and nothing. no one could really catch any breaks. And then, um, lo and behold, again, our zonal marking that we seemed to pursue <laughs> let us down again. And... I think that was probably one of the main issues for the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've I saw a lot of people uh, describe the game as being uh, a, a boring game, and I don't think I'd go that far. I didn't. I, I I was at least entertained by the game, even if it wasn't because we were playing the most brilliant of stuff. Um, 
it just seems like we are doomed to always draw 2-2 with Leicester. Um, of course, they had the new manager bounce as well, which, you know, is... I don't know. The narrative would dictate that they Leicester should should have beaten us there, um, but I think I think you're right. It's I don't know. There, there, there's something something really really missing with this team. Um, in fact, if you allow me to read some of the three word reviews that we had from the game, I think this is quite telling. Um, so we've got not good enough. Hughes out still. Should have, would have, could have. Four four two. Better with a striker. Not good enough. Peter the Great needs more energy. Um, movement is non-existent. Stop passing back. Now there's some interesting complaints there from people where I think we are just very, very lethargic when it comes to uh, play. <laughs> just, uh, just our style. And it's interesting that when we revert to a system that suits Peter Crouch, that is how we. I don't know how how we do best. Um, well, I mean, this obviously you've not been on the the pod, so it's a good chance to pick your brain as a as a new Stoke fan voice. Where do you think the issues lie with with this team at the moment? And do you think that I don't know reverting to a di- more direct style is more suitable than what we should do? Uh, obviously. Like most people would say, a lot of the problems um, revolve around the management and his reluctancy to change. I think what this it's been a great experiment this start of the season with the three at the back. and I, I, I liked it when it first came in. I liked that he was trying something different, but surely he's got to realise by now this doesn't work. Um, and when he does revert back to, you would say, a more traditional style for the team, it seems to work and we score goals. And bringing Crouch on shows that and I the problem is I see a lot of people shouting for Crouch to start but he just can't start and I'd love to give him more time but I think even if you ask Peter Crouch himself I know he wants to be starting games but surely he knows at the age he is at now he can't last that full game and it's a shame if we'd have got someone in his sort of style that we could be playing for a full 90 minutes I think we would score more goals and we would be better attacking wise. I don't feel like Chupamotin probably works as that striker we saw. If you move him over to the wing, he works so much better. Um, I I just I can't see what goes through Mark Hughes's head when he he doesn't seem to think it needs a change when it's obvious and apparent to most of the people sitting around me and I'm sure most of the people in the ground n- probably know that it needs a substitution. He just doesn't seem to think that we need one. That's probably where, for me, the problem lies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've said for for God, it feels like weeks now on this podcast that in terms of tactics, Mark Hughes does seem to be lacking in terms of um, a particular tactical nuance. Um, obviously, we got ourselves back into the to the game uh, twice, but we've failed to get back to back victories in the league this season. Um, <sighs> And it, and it's really really like our defence is pretty appalling. Is this a sign that the opposition have got better? Is it look, we've got worse? Are we inconsistent? Like where is it going wrong for Stoke that we are not being we're not following up wins with other wins? I think obviously it is defensive issues. I think a lot of the problems with defensive issues seem to be around pace. Um, I don't know whether it was just me, but when I watched Leicester's attack compared to our attack, 
their attackers, you look at Mares, Vardy, I know they're renowned for having extensive amounts of pace, but like running at Eric Peters, every time Mares got the ball, I shit myself. I just <laughs> could, I like, I could just see it happening. You saw it with his goal, he just absolutely skinned him. And I just, in my head, every time he, he had a run at him, I could just see that happening. And it, it just tends to be with pace, especially with a wing-back system. You need quick full-backs. Um, and when Peters pushes forward, he leaves that huge gap. And I, I don't know, I think it, a lot of the problems do lie with the defence. The zonal marking got shown up again, especially for the first goal in the box. Nobody picked up Ibora. Um It was just there to finish. And I, I don't know, I think a lot of it is defensive uh, problems. But I don't, I don't know how we're going to sort this. Would you, because uh, zonal marking has been the, um, the 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 targeted enemy for a lot of people from this weekend. Do you sit in the camp that says that zonal marking as a system is bad, or yeah, what do you do, what do you think of zonal marking? Let's say. I think you've got to have a certain group of players for it to work. I don't know if we have. The quality. Well, I wouldn't say the quality. We've definitely got quality centre halves, but I don't know if we have the right frame of mind to make it work. I don't know if I think Hughes has jumped on a bandwagon of zonal marking working for other big teams and thinking maybe if we can Im- like put it into our game as well, it could work. But I, you just look at a man mark system and you look at teams that don't let goals in, and they a lot of them operate a man mark system, and it just seems to work a lot better. And I just Maybe if we move to that, um, it would work because we don't. We just don't have the players for a zonal system. Yeah, I mean, uh, as much as I don't want to say that zonal marking as a system is uh, redundant, because quite clearly it's not. Some absolutely fantastic football insides have used zonal marking. Um, we certainly don't seem practiced in it, or we don't seem to know what we're doing with it, and. Uh, I don't know whether it, it bring it brings back memories of Mark Wilson uh, <laughs> saying that we don't work on defensive training and um, sometimes I think <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we don't yeah. Mark which is still a concern because we have got the I think it's something like we are the or at least we were um, when I looked this morning we have the second worst defence in the league behind West Ham that I may have changed today I have no idea but. <sighs> Yeah, it's. I mean, we're, we're acting like it was a a loss. We we still got a point out yeah. of it, but I kind of feel like not that we should be beating the former champions in Leicester, but these are games that you kind of want Stoke to get something from and dropping points to Leicester, dropping points to Bournemouth, especially when they're home games. You do just come away with a real just a feeling of meh about things um well we'll try and look at some positives um jordan shakiri got man of the match yeah uh, i've heard i say we will be positive i've heard multiple uh people say he was the best thing and people say he was the worst thing i didn't think uh he had a bad game i thought probably joe allen deserved man of the match more than shakiri but um he scored a goal and crossed in for another i think did he cross it in for another or was that someone else yeah yeah, yeah. he took the corner yeah so, what, I mean, what did you think? Was he? Did he do well for you? Uh, yeah, I think now that we've shifted this system into putting everything towards Shakiri, everything going through him, it obviously works a lot better. And I think you can look at his assists. I mean, four assists already for the season. That's 
surely going on to at least how many he got over the last couple of seasons. And he's chipping in with goals now as well. That goal, um, was it the first one that he scored in the box for us? I I, I was thinking this um, when I was uh, watching the game. I I don't know, but it God, it makes uh, a point where you're thinking, oh, I can't think of another one that he scored in the box. Maybe he scored that one against Everton where it yeah. was crossed across the face and he like tapped it in. Um, but I can't really think of too many others. It was a nice goal as well. Yeah, it's it's what I want him doing. I want him moving around in the middle of the park and great assist from Chupo Moting as well. Mm. That's If he's going to stick with Chupo Moting as a forward um, playing down the middle, that's the sort of things I'd like him doing. He hasn't shown the things as a quote-unquote target man that I would expect. He's great with his feet. He's just... I don't feel like he's got the presence as a target man when you compare him to someone obviously like Crouch. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Shakiri definitely, he's he's doing well for me at the moment. Maybe not, like you say, man of the match worthy, but he's doing his job. He's scoring goals and assists as well, so you can't complain. No, no, you can't. Um, and there were certainly worse players in the team yesterday. Um, I, think, I think the main... The main issue coming off of that that game yesterday was that, it, 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 yeah, it's yet another performance where we've lost um, lost points, and the club as a whole have come out and you know, as they as they probably should have regarded it as a, um, oh yeah, a point point well earned. Um, which brings me to a few listener questions, and I'm going to bring back a small segment called Hughes Night. And then there'll be some music at this point, and I'll add it out the music. Da, 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 da. Cool. Okay, so we've got a few questions. They're all very much around very similar things. Um, Tom Thrower of this parish and our resident Doom Merchant says, Is there anything to look forward to, or are we doomed to celebrate shithouse victories against mid-table teams with more ambition than us? Equally, Lee Hawthorne of Duck Magazine has said in a more polite way, are we one of 14 average teams who have good and bad days? Again, uh, Rockley on Twitter has said, Great game. I get the feeling that fans expect and want more than just 40 points in safety. The seemingly discontentment is the price of ambition? Question mark. Oh, and then <laughs> one more whose name I haven't I've chopped off. Uh, why is Hughes still in charge? <laughs> the last two results don't let him off previous poor performances uh, over the last season and a half. Um all very much around that same question that something we've brought up for a few weeks where as a club do we well do you feel like we are coasting a little bit and that we've settled for a i don't know just just coping yeah there's i i would definitely agree there's just i'm gonna it's it's slightly controversial but i feel like there's part of me that kind of wants that relegation battle just for the to have some interesting games and to actually have something for us to play for because there's part of me that goes and I'm loving the fact that we're, we're doing really well in the Premier League. We stay up all the time, but there's just that that part of me that wants us to have that like drama back and just edge of the seats. There's nothing. It's just like, oh, even when the goals go in, like I'm happy for the goal to go in and I'm not trying to be like the typical Twitter Stoke fan that some people seem to have this agenda for but it's just nothing I don't come away from a game I was sat on on the coach going back from the game and I 
I got home and probably didn't even think about the game that much, to be honest, afterwards, because it had just happened. It wasn't, nothing made me particularly angry. I wasn't particularly angry about the refs or the way they performed or any of the goals. I wasn't particularly pleased. It was just, it was another game that happened. It's another game for us in the Premier League. And I just feel like if we struggled a little bit more, maybe we'd have some more things to talk about than just Mark Hughes and his decisions. Yeah, and yeah, I completely agree. Like it's like after we beat Watford last week, I, I mean, in previous years when we've come away from an an away win, mm. I that's almost the thought of that win has kept me feeling a little bit joyous throughout the week. Now this last week, I just was overwhelmed with the feeling of it was probably just lucky that we got that win, which maybe isn't a fair reflection of how we played, but. Uh, there is there is definitely some god maybe we're just getting old dave maybe the magic <laughs> is dying a little bit but is this a result of that the club have been we were ambitious in the past and now we're reverting to a more mediocre type or is it that the premier league as an entity has changed and i mean there is definitely a move towards these six super clubs and the rest of us are just scrapping around like I don't know. Is has football changed or have we changed? I think it's more the Premier League as a whole has definitely changed. I think for me, it's moving towards more of what we saw. It's sort of exchanging with Spain at the moment. What happened in Spain the last sort of ten years? You had Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico, maybe a fourth team occasionally challenge for the title, and then that was sort of it. It was sort of the rest of the league. Um, would sort of play amongst themselves. And I think if we took the top six out of the Premier League, we'd probably have a more entertaining league because anyone can beat anyone in that level from sort of 8th to 17th. We're all fighting for the similar sort of place of like 13th. Who's going to finish there? Like that's that's the sort of thing that we're at at the moment. Will we finish 13th or will it be worse? <laughs> like, I, I don't really know what there is to look forward to, especially um, with Hughes's mantra towards the cup competitions now as well i don't know what we've actually got to look forward to at the end of the season yeah i was having i was having this discussion with a person on twitter yesterday who'd um they'd replied to 606 saying they they'd put out a tweet or robbie savage or whoever had put out a tweet saying like uh, west brom fans and stoke fans what what more do you really want <laughs> and it's and, and this person had said yeah that you know they should be grateful etc and I don't know, maybe it's just a hopeless romantic in me that's like, what's the point in wanting to support a football team or a sports team in general if there isn't this uh, belief that one day that team can improve and challenge at a better position? Like, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to support uh, a sport where well, we just accept the taking part. It's, mm. I don't know, maybe that's naive of me for not really caring about you know the financial side and just staying in the league but like you say there's just I, I i appreciate that we are playing some of the best teams in the world or and we get to see world well at least great players in come and play at the ground but like i don't know maybe the novelty of the premier league that we had 10 years ago has worn off now and now it's more a case of I just, I just would like to see us at least try, and that's how it feels. It feels like we don't even try to get better. Yeah, it's just. I think the Man City game in general just 
shows that and it's it's like when we got to 3-2 at Man City, there was that part of me... It came back, that excitement for football came back because I stood in that away end and I thought we could actually get something here. And it's like, once we just sat down and let them come for five and six and then seven successively, it just becomes the idea of, well, what's the point of me being here if we're just going to give up after us being the... 3-2 and I know Man City people are going to come back at me and say Man City played so well yes they did but that's the gap that's growing and it's the disappointing gap that's growing because it means in two or three years if they're even better than they are now which would be absolutely crazy but what's the point of going we may as well not turn up and play the fixture because we're just going to lose 6-7-0 yeah yeah it's I don't know, maybe this is a bigger question to talk about in a discussion point further along the line, whether football has changed to a point where, I don't know, it's not as interesting, but there's certainly an argument to say that, I don't know, football is less, um, I don't know, enjoyable maybe. I don't know, maybe that is just me. Let's let's try and get some more positives. Um, Peter Crouch, 36-year-old Peter Crouch did as usual, comes on, scores a header, a really nice header. Mm. Um, You've already said that you don't think he's a regular starter, uh, that he he can't can't, uh, play regular 90 minutes. Obviously, his game has never been based on pace or anything. Um, Could you see him at least getting some starts, even if that means he's taken off uh, later on? Or is he destined to always be that... uh, bench winning hero yeah i i think i think mark hughes no he's, he's not going to play the full game um i would rather him start purely because if we can get in front maybe um i'd rather us get in front with him on the pitch than have to bring him on chasing the game to try and salvage something like we did against leicester i'd rather us get it, him getting us into a positive position maybe winning the game bringing someone I don't know up front, like Chupamote, and if he doesn't play, if he's dropped for him, bring him on for the last sort of half an hour, 25 minutes, see what he can do then once you're in a positive position. But we're at the point now where we need Peter Crouch to score our goals, and that can't be happening at 70 minutes <laughs> at the end of the game when we're already chasing the game to try and get a point. Um, so maybe if we can flip the whole idea around and start with Crouch and try and get 2-1 in front, and then we can see what we can do, rather than being on the other side and being 2-1 down and have to bring him on. Because mm. I, yeah. I, I just can't see him lasting for the whole game, because everybody knows he can't do the 90 minutes as much as he would love to. No, no and, he, and he really would love to, as he's uh, said on multiple occasions. Uh, even, what, what did you think? Did you see the club put out a Twitter poll asking yeah. whether they felt... like? Yeah, so the, so for those who haven't seen it, the Stoke City's Twitter account put out a poll asking whether we felt Peter Crouch should be a regular starter. And it's kind of like, well, that's not our job to decide, guys. <laughs> I, I felt really weird about that poll. It just seemed like something we shouldn't be doing. Um, weird. Well, I mean, if he isn't a regular starter for us, should he be a regular starter for England? He's Is he booking his ticket for Russia? No, I, I don't understand where this thing comes from. It's just like, oh, well, we need a plan B. Well, 
I don't understand why we need to revert to a a big lumping the ball up. I just can't see you can't see it, can you, in the in the group stage or in the, in the knockout rounds, and you're just playing someone like Spain or someone like that, and you just think, well, we really need Peter Crouch to come on that. The 36 year old. Again, I'm gonna get slaughtered for this on Twitter, but I just I just can't I can't see it working for England, especially no. on an international stage. I uh, I, d- I just don't know. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, you're not you don't sound convinced. For me, um, maybe because I don't rate England's chances that much and I don't really care. But ah, just put him on a plane. Take him anywhere. Yeah. Take him. Take the under-17s. They've won a World Cup. Yeah. Take them all and then throw them all on the pitch. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, we've tried with this model that we're probably going to take, that we took to the Euros. We're probably going to take a similar squad. So may as well throw a different option in there. And... I, 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 suppose, I suppose the argument is like, Harry Kane is going to start. That is a a guaranteed. Yeah. If he is fit, he is England's uh, top striker. Um, after that, who else do you do you take as a striker? Um, I mean, Daniel Sturridge doesn't get too many minutes now. Andy Carroll. I suppose it's an argument between do you take Andy yeah. Carroll or Peter Crouch? And Andy Carroll, you never know if he's going to be alive or not. Um, no. That is, if you agree that England needs this plan B, which um, is a whole different debate, I suppose. I mean, for the for the sheer for nostalgia and for lols. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> but but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of incl- like I think that's my only reason for wanting him there. Like I don't know whether I don't know whether Peter Crouch going is going to win England any trophies. No. So I, God, this, this is going to come back. Maybe, to maybe when he lifts that trophy. <laughs> maybe he'll get us out of the group stage. I, I think it's it's one of those ones where you draw in in the third game against Slovenia or someone like that, and you you need a goal, and it's that sort of player that will get you out of the group stage in second place. But realistically, going in going into further like stages in the tournament, is he going to save you there? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, we still believe, Dave. I've got it. You know, imagine a, like if a year from now we're talking on this podcast about God. Can you believe that Crouch winner in extra <laughs> time over Germany and oh. there? Oh, and and he England hero Peter Crouch. Oh, it would be it would be lovely. We we still believe. I mean, to be um, to be fair to the bloke, his goal scoring record speaks for himself. So like, he's got an insane record. And and surely, a goal in the World Cup final would be worth a robot. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, if it's worth it to do it against Everton at home, it's worth it in the World Cup final. <laughs> yeah, and of course he's he's extended his uh, his Premier League tally for the most headed goals. Yeah. Um, which that's that's always a nice thing. And I did notice he's our joint top scorer in the Premier League now, tied with Jonathan Ooh. Walters, I believe. Wow. So that I mean that is a good thing. Peter Crouch, whatever you think of him uh, now and whether he should be in, he has been a good uh, servant to this club. Yeah. And, um, you can't help but like the guy. Let's we'll, we'll quickly move on before we move on to part two and get Ben in. Um, next few games then we've got Palace and Brighton away. What's your predictions for this? Have you got any hopes? Have you got any fears? 
Uh, oh, I'm, I'm worried for both of them, really. Brighton seem to have hit form just as we go and play them. And, I don't know, it just worries me. Monday night, again, I just feel like we'll struggle. They play some really nice football at times, and they put the ball in the box, and they've got a good, decent striker that can win it in the air as well, which is probably what we should go with as well. But, I don't know, I feel like Glenn Murray's on fire. Um, they've got some decent players, like I say. So I'm worried for Brighton. Palace, maybe. I'm just worried with the record that we have there. Every time we go to Crystal Palace, we get absolutely nothing. And I'm just worried that it'll happen again. Um, but there is that part of me that hopes if we change the style, and that's a big hope that if we change something, maybe operate a different um, sort of way of playing, try and nick 1-0 wins again, I'll happily take two 1-0 wins, or even two draws, I'll take two points. Yeah, Quite I happily. Mean, that's it, it's kind of, it kind of feels like a bit of a stage now where needs must, we just need to get a few points, and I'm a bit worried about the Palace game, what with how it went last yeah. year, but it would be nice to get rid of that bogey. Brighton, I think, is going to be a very difficult game. They are buzzing a little bit and we are a bit of a scalp to take from for them um yeah i don't know whether that uh, bad results there puts any more pressure on mark hughes i guess only only time will tell with that um but no i i think we may lose both games but but as long i don't know as long as we try and see some improvement i, I guess i'll be sort of happy yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'd take a draw at Brighton. I expect us to lose at Palace. If, if we can, like I say, if we can get two points, I will be very happy with that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, let's take a break here, and we will see you in the second half. Available now on Patreon, Premier League Potters. Dave, myself and others are taking a retrospective and nostalgic look back on Stoke's journey in the Premier League so far. Starting in August 2008, we are reviewing Stoke City's journey from Premier League underdogs to rough and ready hard hitters to Stoke Alona-esque team, all month by month. Relive every transfer, loss and glorious victory. Eulogise about Rory Delap's throw-ins, Matthew Everington's runs and much more. The Premier League Potter series is only available on Patreon to Wizards of Drivel's subscribers. Subscribe for just £3 a month and you too will receive the Premier League Potters and all the other extra podcasts at your fingertips. The Premier League Potters. Subscribe to Patreon now. Welcome back to part two of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. I'm joined by Ben Cartwright and Dave Crowther-Green. We're going to do something a little bit different this episode, aren't we, gentlemen? We are going to talk team of rivals. Um, following on from last week's politics in sport discussion, it was widely uh, regarded in Wizards of Drivel's Tower that we me- needed something a little bit light-hearted uh, and a little bit more upbeat for a discussion on the pod, which is fine. I've come up with this idea that... I mean, I, I think you would both agree that as a club, our fan base is very much divided right now. And in the past, we've tried to unite fans behind a common enemy figure. And I think in our 10 years here at the 
in the Premier League, we've made a lot of enemies and we've seen a lot of good players play against Stoke. What the challenge is for today, gentlemen, is to create a Stoke City team of rivals. 11 players who either have been ridiculously world-class against Stoke, have been figures of hate, or have just got your back up for some reason. <laughs> now, I know I said... Yeah, and, and trust me, when I've gone through this list, there's been one or two that I just have put on this list because they've angered me. Um, right. Uh, shall we start, gents, with the goalkeeper position, the man between the sticks. Now, I don't know about either of you, but I found it very hard to find a goalkeeper that I dislike. So, for me, I've gone with this position on a, on players who I just think, yeah, they're really good. What, what we'll do then is we'll all throw out some suggestions, maybe talk a little bit about why we think this player deserves to be in the Rivals eleven, and then we'll make a vote and decide between a sound good. I like talking. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, because you like talking, Ben, would you like to suggest your suggestion? Okay, well, again, it's, it's going to sound very strange to start off this one because it's not really a figure of hate, more a figure of hilarity in Stoke's sort of career in the Premier League. My pick, because it's really difficult to hate goalkeepers. I don't know if anyone else hates goalkeepers, but I struggle with that. Um, Heralio Gomez is my shout. Um, <laughs> because, just because... Um, he hit. Did he is smack the, down Chorluca? Was it Chorluca that he smacked down? He like knocked out Chorluca oh. in a Stoke game because he punched. He went to punch the ball and he punched him in the face. And and that's my memory of of Heredio Gomez. So he's basically assaulted a man. Wasn't he? The, wasn't he the one who cried? He also Stoke cried at Stoke. Pretty sure he cried. Oh. And he did cry. And, because, and as, oh, that was the same game. As we I all think, know, he was having such a shocker. Oh, and somehow gosh. he's he's a Premier League we... goalkeeper now with Watford. Um, yeah, and as we all know from Robert Hoof's rules of football, if you cry on the football pitch, then you should get a three-match ban. <laughs> that would be a great book, correct? talking about other things, wouldn't it? Robert Hoof, <laughs> rules of football. Anyway, yeah, Gomez. <laughs> Go, I mean, Gomez is a very, very good shout. Uh, Dave, have you took it in a different direction? Where have you gone with this? Yeah, I, I had a bit of a bit of trouble. I, saw, I took to Twitter, actually, because I kind of cheated. I had a look at other people's ones because I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't really think. But um, one that sticks out for me just in terms of disappointment, really, I, I went with Simon Mignolet at Liverpool Ooh. purely for that moment that probably made me the most sad I've been in a while oh. as a Stoke fan in the Cup semi-final. Mm. That's mm. probably the main main factor. And Ooh. he always seems to play well as well against us. I, I remember him saving other penalties as well. In Mark Hughes' first game, I think he saved the penalty. Yeah. And then, yeah. obviously, the big one in the Cup semi-final. It's probably the main reason why. Yeah, in terms of, like, that heartbreaking feeling. Like, you've just brought all that flooding back, if honest. And, <laughs> oh, Should like, we end it there? The, the, oh, the actual disappointment. I know that the League Cup technically... Do you know what? It counts. It counts, because it's in the Premier League. The years the we've era. been in the Premier League. We'll count that. Yeah. I mean, I'd... Again, I, I I found it difficult to find a figure that I hated. And so I thought back to the goalkeeper that I was probably most excited about seeing when we came up into the Premier League, which oh. is a weird way to take it. But I was excited to see uh, Petr Cech when he was at Chelsea, uh, mainly because I thought, it, he wears a helmet, that's mint. Um, <laughs> and, and I do think that 
as I've said on the podcast before, Chelsea have had our number quite a bit, and especially in those early years when he was there. Um, he just seemed a bit unbreakable at times, and many a disappointment came because we couldn't beat Petr Cech. I'll be honest, after your argument there, Dave, about Simon Mignolet, I'm finding it very, very difficult to think of anyone but Simon Mignolet for that for that <laughs> disappointment. Oh, uh, it, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy either with Mark Munezer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just all yeah. we've talked about that game oh, so often. Yeah. My dad still, oh. when he, whenever he talk on the phone, and end up talking about Stoke. He's, he's, he still brings up the point that game. That was a turning point, wasn't it? It's like, yes, Dad, it was. All right, we've been awful ever since. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> it's oh, um, what do we think, Simon Minule? Yeah. Is he go? Is he your first entry? See, yes from yeah, you, Ben. Yeah, I'm not going to sort of. Yes, I'm not going to sit here and defend Heredio Gomez's shout to be in a team. Unfortunately, as much as I would have loved to. Fair, en- fair enough. Fair enough. A unanimous one then. Simon Minulay or Simon Minulay, if you want to be continental, is the first in our eleven. All right. Um, out of interest, what formation have you gone for for this? Right, mine's four four two. Yeah, mine's kind of a four four two, but one of the positions is kind okay. of a bit not really, but yeah. That's that's fine. If we'd have gone three at the back, it would have changed everything. Let us go then with Ooh Let's go right back, shall we? Um let me quickly start off because I don't know if you guys have got this one as well uh, because I struggled with right backs and the only one I could think of was Matt Loughton at Aston Villa for scoring that stupid bloody <laughs> ridiculous amazing oh, goal I forgot and, about that as well oh <laughs> like it, it makes me that was a game that I was so angry at and he scored a bloody ridiculous goal he'll never score a goal like that again it's typical for us to concede bloody goals like that um he was my choice. Dave, what did you go with? Uh, I, I tried to think of some right-backs, but uh, one that sticks out in my mind, I've, I've been to West Brom like the past three seasons, and when we had Marko Anavich playing on the left wing, their right-back, I think he's Alan Neon, every <laughs> yeah. single time, Arnavich was just absolute shite against him. <laughs> First five minutes, he'd get taken out by him, and that was it. The whole game, he was gone. And he just—he's not even a good player. Like I don't even rate him at right back. But I think I think they're the most infuriating players where you come up against those players who, you know, you know are not very good, but for some reason they have the they and they have the best day against us. Like I think they're more frustrating than the likes like your world class players who you know can play well. Like oh Matt Loughton and Neom or whatever his name is from West Brom. Oh so. So angry, <laughs> Ben. Did you go down a similar route? Um, no. Well, no, not at all. Actually, my player is is was a good footballer. Um, doesn't play anymore. He's known for something else. My player is Gary Neville. Um, because Ooh. in that game against United once, I think I think it was like a record appearance for him or something because it was a big day, and they won two one. And I think at one one he should have been sent off. It might. I mean, the details might be a bit wrong. This is foggy in my mind. I, I text my dad about it because he always gets really angry about it as well. There's a theme here. Um, it, I think it. Yeah, 2010 ish maybe. I, uh, the details are foggy, but Gary Neville for being good at football, but also 
when he played against <laughs> us, he should have been sent off that one time. It's stuck in my memory. And if anyone does remember it, remembers it better than me, because my memory is famously bad, then please get in touch and remind me. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Oh, um, I don't know where where to, to side with this one. The, each of these options has made me um, a bit annoyed. Has anyone been persuaded to another option? Oh no, I, I, I'm too angry, Chris. I, 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 I hate, I hate <laughs> Gary. I hate Gary Neville. I, I can, f- I can feel the uh, lies coming across from you there, Ben. As you hold a mug to your face, you do not look angry one bit. Um, on on the Bear Pit TV, Dave... they have they have beer and strongbow, and on 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 the Wizard River, I have my jasmine tea. <laughs> Bottoms up. <laughs> It's a perfect thing for a podcast recording. I don't know what your problem is, Ben. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Are you sticking with yours? Uh, I feel like I want to, but if it, if it comes to my decision, I don't know. Uh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this decision. You can have it. I'll stick with it. I'll go with it. Just okay. just for the complete randomness of the answer, <laughs> I'll stick with it. For the randomness, and no, as well, no one's gonna expect Alan Young. Exactly, and it's West Brom, and we oh, angry people. Let's swap to the other side then, uh, left back, because I've got what, two figures. I've got two figures in this position, and I'm interested to see if either of you two have gone with them as well. Uh, ben, my one. Dave started the last one, so who's there's yours? There's only one choice for me in in the left back position. It's got to be Danny Rose, just because he's a dick. Yeah. And <laughs> the issue with Danny Rose is. It was funny because he was rubbish at football and now he's got quite good at football and now it's got to a point where he probably should start for England, which frustrates me. Like, as he was the dick to play against before and it was like, Danny Rose, you're rubbish. Why are you being a dick? Just calm down. Uh, the the Who was... what? I don't know what season it was when we played them and... Danny, the, the season where we had a player sent off and Danny Rose became the, the hate figure mm. for Stoke on Trent. Um, was that when? Was that when he got injured? Because I remember him coming off. He got subbed yeah. off, and where I sit, because I sit front row with a Q rail, and he walked past and sort of gave a gesture to the crowd there. I think it was that <laughs> yeah, game yeah, 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 yeah. where he got subbed off because he yeah, didn't yeah, get that sent was off. It. Yeah, you're right. That sounds yeah. So so that game there, um, some friends of ours are Sheffield United fans and they go uh, home and away to every Sheffield United game and that weekend uh, United were due to play Vale in League One bless them bless Vale been in League One now look at them Um, anyway so things uh, for whatever reason the match got moved and they'd booked their train and everything so they decided they'd come down on the Saturday and watch uh, Stoke Spurs and then the next day for the Vale match or whatever um and then they uh, were texting us throughout the match and just been like bl- bl- bloody hell you you guys really get on people's backs really quickly and they were they were yes. actually intimidated by the atmosphere and that just it made me more proud yeah. than it did ashamed I'll be honest well, Dave have you gone for Danny Rose no i haven't gone for Danny Rose i've gone for another Bang average fullback in Maynor Figueroa <laughs> purely for that goal. I d- I s- it still bugs me. I don't understand how and when, or I don't even understand how that goal went in. <laughs> yeah, j- yes. 
Funnily enough, I have two names on my list, and guess who they are? <laughs> Danny Rose, Mino Figueroa. Like, yeah, I, oh, I agree completely. That goal, like, it annoys me that he scored his best ever career goal against us, because... It's it's, it's, oh, it's Matt Loughton yeah, all over again. It's that Crystal Palace midfielder. Was it last season or the season before he scored a wonder goal against us? I can't remember what it was. Anyway, yeah, I hate a random People player a scoring of, a goal. Why? It's don't. They have a habit of doing that against us. I'm sure other players, other fans of other teams no, say similar No, it's things. just us, Chris. It just happens to Stoke. I won't have anyone <laughs> say anything else. This this program um, isn't for being do, sensible. This program is for just being stupidly angry. It's true. And do we go down a route of angry at a wonder goal, and 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 a wonder goal that will forever be in the annals of history? Because let's be honest, like that goal will always be repeated on like Premier League years and yeah, all that type yeah. of thing. I was just going to say that it's one of those goals you always flick on to Premier League years because you want to watch it and it'll just, you'll just flick it on and it'll be that every goal time. that's on the screen at that point. <laughs> every time. <laughs> every time. Yeah. Like, there's... It's only been in recent years that goals have started appearing on YouTube that are like from a Stoke point, like Stoke goals. And before, like, I remember, like, I don't know, seven years ago or so, if you searched Stoke goals on, like, YouTube, the only goal you could find was that bloody Figueroa goal. <laughs> and, like, it that makes me angry. But then, also, Danny Rose, I mean, do we hate him for a good reason? I don't know. I'd say I'd say because he's a petulant little child of a, of a fullback. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a decision on this one, and and uh, I'm gonna I'm going to go with Figueroa simply because that bloody goal, what a thing! And you know I'm gonna save all my actual hatred at a figure for the midfield. Um, let's go centre backs then. Um, I I've got a lot of options. Ben, you have some. Dave, you've not been able to think of a duo yet. I have I have a singular option. Yeah, I have one. Yeah. All right, so how about you tell us your singular option? Yeah. And what me and Ben will do is try and convince you who will partner them. So we'll stick your option in, yeah? So who yeah, have you gone it. for? I've gone uh, with Scott Dan purely because I really <laughs> I really like Scott Dan and it's he's been he's been the guy we've always tried to sign and every time he's played against us he's just had an absolute blinder and I really like him which is frustrating because I would have really liked him sort of towards the end of the Pulis era. I feel like he would have been the perfect centre-half and we never got him. And now he's at Crystal Palace and Crystal Palace, well, we know what happens against Crystal Palace, but yeah. it's just, he infuriates me because I really do like him and uh, just wish he was on our team and not the other. So that's why. Yeah, do you know what? That's completely reasonable and... It's uh, yeah, Scott Dan. Like he was linked with us quite a bit, wasn't he? Spe- yeah, during mm. Tony Pulis's side time with us. Like mm, he's not. Yeah, he's not a figure I hate, but it's a figure that I hate to see play against us because similar to later on when we talk about some of the strikers who have been linked with us and some who've turned up for a medical and not passed it and then <laughs> gone on to be brilliant or rather good against us. It's it's that annoyance to see them play. With someone else. Um, I've got a few options. I will tell you some of mine. And then I'm going to read you some options from the floor right. that mm-hmm. people have sent in as well. And then, Ben, you get ready. I've got 
in my bat pairing, I've got everyone's uh, every, the, the player everyone loves to hate, uh, Aston Villa legend John Terry, <laughs> um, simply because again he was one of those players that when we came up into the Premier League, uh, you know England international, exciting, exciting, but absolutely hate John Terry like as a person and as a player and I think everyone else in the league did as well he's just an, a figure of hate a lot of my picks are, by the way are just people who Personally I for despise. some reason hate yeah because my second option is for no reason apart from he was an absolute little shit uh, is Chico Flores wow um, wow yeah yeah mm, be, be, right so so if you remember a few years back we drew 1-1 with Gary Monk's Swansea and Chico Flores scored uh, well he'd been on a really really bad run and then he went and scored what was their like equaliser and he celebrated wildly and like just uh, made me hate him and Gary Monk came out in the aftermath of the match and was like he is a warrior described him as in all these great terms and maybe it's more that I really disliked Gary Monk at that time rather than Chico Flores but he did, I don't know something about him really angered me so my two Chico Flores John Terry we've also got suggestions of uh, Stephen Taylor um, uh, I can't find anyone else's ones Ben who did you go for right okay my first option is purely because he's kept out our legend, our captain, our hero, Ryan Shawcross, out of the England team. Somehow, pretty much for the entirety of the Premier League, Gary Cahill, get in the sea. You were shit in this <laughs> FA Cup semi-final. <laughs> you didn't deserve to go that way and Shawcross to go the other way. Why are you considered a good defender? There you go. Um, and also... I mean, it may be a little bit harsh, but... Yeah, look, I rate him. Well, I disagree. And it's all about my opinions here. Um, Ashley Williams <laughs> Ashley bloody Williams Ooh. you annoying little ass. again petulant annoying and the fact that he got he got a penalty for Swansea because Ryan Shawcross was handling him I'm not mistaking him there. I, don't, I think it was mm. him he dives uh, like was... Tom Daly in the box and got a penalty I think it was him unless I'm making a complete fool of myself he w- if he, if it wasn't him, you can bet he was in the team, and that makes him just as culpable. <laughs> I'm fairly <laughs> certain it was him. But anyway, he's just annoying. Like again, not that good a defender, a bit overrated, I'd say, and just really, just annoying. Yeah, get in the sea. Annoying, get in the sea. We dislike. Yes. Okay, Dave, you get the vote. Who is going to partner Scott down? Oh, um, right. Okay. Uh... Mm, probably just for pure hatred values. Um, I, I liked Chico Flores. I like the reasoning, but it, it's an interesting choice. But I'm going to go with John Terry purely because he seems the most logical, and I feel like that will score me the most points on the oat cake if I pick John <laughs> Terry. At the moment, the team is I, I, not I, I, at all logical, so making a logical decision makes sense at this point. It it does. It really does. Okay, we're into midfield then. Let's. Go quickly. Let us start with our. Uh, should we start? Let's just do them together. The wings, left wing and right wing. We're going for a four-four-two. Um, ben, who have you got on either okay, side? Okay, I mean my wings are a bit is where it's gone a bit wrong in my four-four-two because I don't really have a second winger. One of my wingers, obvious choice, 
scores disgustingly good goals. He's a bloody brilliant footballer. I rate him highly, personally. Gareth Bale, you're a hero, but why did you have to do it against Stoke? You absolute arsehole. But I do love him. Okay. I, he's, he can kick okay. footballs quite hard. Um, it's it's funny. I also have Gareth Bale on the right as we well. Go. I went so, Gareth Bale as well. There we go. Get oh, him right, in well, the team. Unanimous. Gareth Bale sits on the right of our midfield. What about the left then, Ben? Where did you go there? Oh, see, this is the issue because I don't really have a left midfield. I mean, I had Gareth Bale on the left. I'm not going to lie because when he played against us, he was on the left. My, years before his time at Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not important. My my left mid is one of my central midfielders. I'm going to go with Yaya Torre as a strange left mid because I needed to put a midfielder there. And the reason why um, <laughs> I have him in is because, one, he's, when he was good, he's very good. But most importantly, he scored that goal, offside goal, for the NFA Cup final. And you broke my heart. So, Yaya Torre, I wouldn't wish you happy birthday. You're in my angry team. <laughs> Interestingly, Yaya Torre is also in my. He's, he's part of my two-man midfield, wow. and the FA Cup was one reason. And also, if you remember Peter Crouch's wonder mm-hmm. goal, Yaya Torre then went on to score quite a. It wasn't as good a goal as Peter Crouch's. It's still a goal. good finish, though. It was a very yeah. good finish, and it kind of was like, oh, I've got a. Like, if, I've if got we'd a similar won it with Peter Crouch's that. goal. I've got a similar player than that coming up. Okay, okay. Well, I'm just saying, I've got Yaya Torre okay. as well. In a Makes midfield sense. role, so let's. Mm, interest. Dave, left side. Where are you going? Uh, similar to Ben, I don't know if he can be classed as really a left side of midfielder. Well, I suppose before he went to Man City, he could be classed as. But purely for a performance he had a couple of weeks ago, I've gone with Kevin De Bruyne. I, I haven't okay. seen a player have that sort of performance in a long time. Um, it, probably a performance where it actually made me clap the opposite side. Because he was just that good. And that made me quite angry, but also appreciative that we can actually watch players like this. But I'm good like, I like Yeah, it. I'll go I'll go with Kevin De Bruyne I like it. on the left. Yeah. Because, I get that. Like yeah. we so He's just yeah. so good at Many, football. Why is he so good? He's very Why good. Why can't at football. I be that good? He He is and like I don't know, like without getting all misty eyed <laughs> and lovey dovey about the Premier League, like you do sometimes maybe take for granted that bloody hell, you can watch some really world class players come down to little old Stoke and uh, and play football. Yeah, like granted, they mullered us the other week, but he is a bloody impressive player. I didn't go with uh, players that I particularly like because I'm petty. Uh, I've gone with either Nanny or Ashley Young because. Not for any reason, apart from the fact that Ashley Young always seemed to do okay against us. Similar for Nanny. I'm going to say that not really fussed on either. If it's okay with you, Ben, I'm going to put Kevin De Bruyne on the left. Okay, mate. I mean, Gareth Bale is is my only player in the team so far, but that's fine. Well, no, we'll put Yaya Torre in the middle, I reckon. Because he has to. We'll we'll see if well so far there's two people with Yaya Torre. If Dave doesn't have him, we'll see. We'll we'll listen to the cases. Okay. Okay. We're a democratic okay. party here on the Wizards of Drivel. Kevin De Bruyne is out on the left. Okay, a midfield two. We've both got Yaya Torre as one. Who have, else have you got, Dave? 
Uh, I don't have Yo Yo Torre purely. I didn't want to bring myself to think about the FA Cup final. Ten year old, <laughs> like twelve year old Dave doesn't want to think about <laughs> the FA Cup final again. So, uh, twelve. You were twelve years old. That's quite. Oh, gosh, that makes me feel a little bit old. Carry on. Um. So I've gone. Well, my first one isn't particularly for his footballing skills on the pitch. More for his off the pitch role that he's got now but Danny Murphy I can't I, I just hate Danny Murphy and I'm pretty sure he hates Stoke as well so I thought you were going to say I'm pretty sure he hates Danny Murphy Danny Murphy just hates Danny Murphy he can't stand he just himself. hates everything I just uh, yeah Danny Murphy uh, and do you want the other one as well or oh, well just did you see Danny Murphy the other day when they were talking about the uh, the Troy Deeney uh, I don't know chokes, chokes trying to choke slam uh, Joe, Joe Allen like like he's there like I'm not you know I'm I'm not condoning it blah 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 but yeah it's you you can't do that these days like almost as if forgiving him that you know oh, yeah he would have got away Back with in it. My day. I remember you Danny Murphy <laughs> when you used to hate on Stoke for doing similar things like don't be a ah oh, he, he he just hates us I don't know what it is I... about about the BBC as well that they need to have pundits that are slightly below average centre midfielders. Like Jermaine Genus and even Charlie Adam to an extent on Five Live. Below Joey average. Barton on Talks. Why is it always like what? below par central midfielders that somehow make it as bonded? Charlie Adam below par. <laughs> you having a laugh? So that's Danny Murphy then. Dave, who was your other option? Uh, I've got, a, well, two choices. I couldn't decide between the two because I, I'm pretty sure the entirety of Stoke socials hate them both equally. Um, bit of a time difference between them both, but Jack Cork and Harry Arter. I feel like Harry Arter is the the new Jack Cork because I feel like everyone's just forgotten about Jack Cork and has just moved straight on to Harry Arter. But they're both equally bad men on the football pitch. <laughs> bad man. <laughs> Equal, equally bad men. Ben, you have Yaya Torre. Who's your other option? I, I mean, I was going to say um, that my option is hated player by myself hated player by many I'm sure Cesc Fabregas you're a bit talented but you're also very petulant very annoying very angry Spaniard I mean if you think about Spanish men in the Premier League a lot of them are lovely I feel like I've got a bit of a connection with a lot of Spanish men because they just seem so nice (laughs) Cesc Fabregas (laughs) is not a nice person I guarantee it he threw a pizza at Ferguson didn't he it was him can, can I hear more about your connection with Spanish men, please? Uh, like, Mark really Bojan, to... all lovely. Yeah. Juan Mata, absolute dream of a man. David De Gea's probably all right. He, he, he's good at football anyway. Is it every Spanish man or just those nice Pozzolo, ones? Pozzolo, I, I always had a bit of a soft spot for him. Um, still do, kind of. Yeah. Uh, other Spanish men. Chico Flores, no, not him. Uh, fair and okay. David Silva. Oh, got a lot David Silva is another one. Love him. He, with or without bold ha- without Either. the hair. Either. Okay. I mean, that is some serious love for the Spaniards, there, Ben. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I, I mean, I as I say, I also have Yaya Torre in my team, and I, uh, I pull no punches with it. I'm proud. I'm not proud to say, but I put Aaron Ramsey in the midfield. Yeah. Um, well, someone yeah. had to, didn't they? I only didn't because it was obvious. I went for the other Arsenal slash Chelsea man. 
and and I think both of you are very right to avoid him because um, after picking on people for booing Aaron Ramsey, I feel it's kind of hypocritical of me to put him in the team. But, you know, as far as villains to Stoke from the last, I don't know, last 10 years have been, Aaron Ramsey is pretty much up there. Whether or not, you know, actually we're the baddies in that scenario, the baddies never see themselves as the baddies, do they? Look at the Empire. They don't think building a Death Star is a bad thing. There so we go. <laughs> maybe so, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna say if you if you allow me, because two people have Yaya Torre and because of the FA Cup, he should be one. Yep. Ben, yeah. do you yeah. want the decision on the other? Oh goodness, who are the others? So we got Ramsey. We've got Arta. I, li- I Arta. like Arta because well, I don't like him. Um. I, th- I reckon it's Arsenal Ramsey. I think it has to be Ramsey because I think it's shocking we don't have an Arsenal player yet, oh. and it's also Aaron Ramsey. And I want to, I want this podcast to go viral among Arsenal football Twitter. <laughs> they still it's gonna, they it's gonna go in the. You did nothing wrong. <laughs> it's gonna be on the Metro's <laughs> sports pages. Fingers crossed. It's gonna be nasty. Why not? <laughs> exactly. All right. So we've got a midfield. It's a nice midfield as well. Like, I think they'd do quite well if they played football. Also, we hate you. <laughs> Strikers. we <laughs> Two up front. I've got... Um, how many people have I wrote down? I've, I've written six oh people. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I'm sure there's probably more. Chris, do you know how to add up to I've 11, mate? Six. Because I'm worried about how many people you've got written down there. I just have a <laughs> lot of anger, and I need to l- just be angry. Um... Let's go, Ben. Who? You tell me yours. If you've got them, I will knock them off right, my mate. list. Um, we're going to stick with the Arsenal theme as as we were on it. Um, Robin van Persie, again, nasty man. Mm. Good at football, seemingly nasty, and he just sort of. I just think there's that sort of breed of Arsenal players that are just really petulant when it doesn't go their way, and I don't like that. I don't like. That arrogance that they think that they deserve everything. I, f- I feel like that is what it is with Arsenal players. They they feel like because they, they play for Arsenal, I don't know if it's an Arsene Wenger thing that he sort of puts on his players, that because they play for Arsenal, they are sort of elite and they're better than Stoke because Stoke can't play passing football. No, Robin Van Persie, go get an injury again. I know you're good at football, but you're also a bit of a dick. That's, that's basically my reason yeah. for every player, bit of a dick. So... I, I mean, that's, I also that's a good got, reason. I got really excited when he got linked with us, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> as with any player, if, if, a, if, a, if a dickhead comes to Stoke, then I'm happy and they're the nicest person <laughs> in the world, I'm sure. But, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a... a you, you were saying that yours is not quite a full foot. Oh, yeah, that was, my, that was my midfield. That was my Yaya Torre on the left mid. Um, okay. Uh, I... Went for Papis Cisse up front as well because I thought I thought he scored that wonder goal. I thought that was the crouch season as well. I might be. I'm pretty sure um, because it was that yeah, it was well, that volley he, he, on the left. He beat him to it, yeah. And he's just thwacked his thwacked his foot through it. Somehow it ended up in the goal for a goalkeeping error, a bit of it, and just complete luck. He didn't mean to get that in the top corner, and it's gone from the, a throw in on the left into the goal. And it's like. How can people think he meant to do that? It's like, oh, such great technique. No, I could do that if I tried it. <laughs> if you gave me enough chances, also, I'm back myself. A thing about yeah. thing about that goal, 
that's also featured on Premier League years, but the Crouch Whoa. Goal isn't because it was on ESPN. What? So every time you watch no Premier League years, this, Travis, they just skip over that goal. But no, Papi Cisse's on the starting montage, the break montages, the actual game itself, and the end montage. Oh my goodness! I this feel like a... I feel like we should be doing a, a separate program on Dave Crowther's Green's knowledge of the Premier League years, Stoke and the Premier League <laughs> years with Dave. Honestly, it's incredible. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, so. Uh, Papi Cisse and Robin Van Persie yeah. um, actually don't feature on my six. So, Dave, who do you have? Uh, they don't feature in mine either. I've gone with two strikers purely based on their footballing ability, not really because I hate them. I've gone with Didier Drogba yeah. and then arguably Didier Drogba's new incarnation for this time right now, Harry Kane. I've gone purely because yeah. Yeah. in all the games they've played against us, they've just been exceptional. Mm-hmm. And they're just really good at football, so that's why. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Yeah, Kane and Drogba featured in my list. I did for similar reasons. Sergio Aguero. Um, I then had three players that I uh, just made me angry because they always seem to score. Um, I have Loic Remy because whenever he came on for whatever team, I felt angry. <laughs> I have. Chica, I have Chicharito, yeah, Javier yeah, Hernandez, for same reasons, and uh, Papisise's strike partner at Newcastle, Demba Barr, for obvious reasons, exploding knees, didn't sign him. Oh look, now he goes and scores against us all the time. I don't know if bitterness and anger is enough to be, of a foundation for this uh, strike partnership. I think um, it's it's a really it's an easier one though, isn't it, strikers? Because they are the sort of they score the goal. They're the, they're the reason why we do yeah. badly. So Harry Kane is the <laughs> the pinnacle, is the focal point of our hatred because Spurs are good at football. Sergio Aguero is the focal yeah, point because Man City are good at football now. It's it's unfortunate. Yeah, for them. it's easier to pick strikers than it is right. Goalkeepers backs, get away with it because they're sure. the other end and they don't do much in Stoke games because we don't shoot. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean. It's very, very difficult. I don't know where my heart is heading. We So our options are... God, we got loads. Kane, Drogba, Aguero, Bart, Hernandez, Remy. Van Persie. Papi Cisse. Van Persie. Anyone else? I Have I missed something? No, I've not. God, that is a difficult front three. Uh, front two, sorry. Not three. That's wishful thinking. Um, I don't know where the heart's leading, gents. Maybe... Where, where, oh, I don't know. Dave, where, where's your head at? I feel like Harry Kane is nailed on pretty much. Okay. Uh, okay. I think Deciding on the other one, though, I don't know. You're sort of preempting years of hurt from Harry Kane. Yeah. All Stoke fans now have to pray <laughs> we're, we're that Real Madrid, Real Madrid buy him. That's what. That's only, our only hope for, for these next years. Maybe Chikorito. I feel just because of that back header as well. I don't know. I just feel like there's a oh, bit of random mm. hate. I don't know. There is, but then also I can't help but f- feel that during the summer when he was linked with West Ham, everyone really wanted him at Stoke. Yeah. And like he's always the player that when people are saying we should go after a striker, he's the one that's always linked. And so whilst 
he annoys me that he scores goals. I can't really hate him because I desperately did want mm. him for us. Whereas well, I don't Drogba know. as well. I, I, Drogba, I like Drogba as a shout because he's just Drogba. so scary to, as a player to play against. When whenever Drogba. you're up to face him, it, I can't imagine being a defender because you just think, "Oh my god, I can't deal with this this man." <laughs> Drogba was an me me and uh, other Dave have said this on the Patreon episode where we're reviewing the uh, Stokes month by month in the Premier League and we've come to the first uh, game against Chelsea in 2008 and we both agreed that Drogba was the player that we really looked forward to seeing and like I still like Drogba was one of those players that I was I I still really adore him at that time I think he was an absolutely brilliant Mm. player maybe we should reject bitterness and put Didier Drogba up front with Harry Kane. It wouldn't work as a partnership because that's just mad. But this team is mad. What do you think, Drogba? Yeah. 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 It's it. my choice. I'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> Drogba and Harry Kane. Well, that's an 11 then. Let me read you it. In goal, Simon Mignolet. Oh, angry. How dare you save that penalty? At right back, the player whose name I can never pronounce. Say it. What is his name? Uh, Neom. 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 Cat. That <laughs> annoying cat with a rainbow. Uh, <laughs> that's an internet reference from several years ago that I'm not sure people on the podcast will get. Uh, we have a centre-back pairing of Scott Dan and John Terry. At left back, we have Manuel Figueroa. Ah, oh, that stupid goal. Midfield, two of Aaron Ramsey and Yaya Torre with Kevin De Bruyne on the left and Gareth Bale on the right. I know that he played on the left for Spurs, but forgive us this one time. And up front, we have Didier Drogba and Harry Kane. That is a formidable team, and I'm not sure if Stoke played them now, whether we'd have a chance or if we'd lose 4-0. It would be 4-0, mate. It would be 4-0. Yeah, By the way, as well, I realised that I I never got to say my 11th player. I've only said 10 players because I oh, go on, didn't man. mention it in, in the in the point at centre midfield. I said Yaya Torre when he was my left mid. My other, my oh, other player is a controversial one and I want to bring it up because it's 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 a player that, that fooled us all, I feel. It's a player that still could change our minds, but a player that did sensationally well at the tournament Fooled Stoke into a false sense of security to sign him. Um, Joe Allen, I'm sorry, mate. You promised so much and you still haven't, you still haven't <gasps> lived up to it. Oh, Ben! We can't put Joe Allen in the Rivals 11. We... I just. Oh, th- can we? I mean. No, I don't want him in Joe... there. It's just from a personal perspective, I put my. my bollocks on the line for that player I loved him at Liverpool I thought he was brilliant and I was so happy when he came so for other teams for his performances for his decent performances that's why he went into my 11 as a sort of out there suggestion and a suggestion that I'll probably get a bit of rubbish for Joe Allen also scored the winning penalty in that yeah as as well well. yeah see just to just to even throw that one out so it's well. not a bad. It, it, Joe, when you think about it, there is there is a bit of a bit of something there. Sorry, Joe. I love you. Joe Allen, potentially the enemy within. Is that what we're <laughs> saying? Oh, it's a controversial one and one that I think we could leave to the listeners. 
because I, I don't want to no, be abused on the Oatcake Forum. On, he can't be putting our team seriously. Well, I've got one more thing to challenge you then, gents. This 11 needs a manager, and there are two choices to choose from. Now, they're controversial. One, I think, is probably going to be picked over the other, but let me throw them at you, and I want you to tell me your gut reactions. So one is obvious. There's only one bogeyman that we've had in our Premier League uh, since we started. He's a person who's he's come from come from the south, hasn't he? He's come up north and he's he's criticised our little team and told us that we're rough round the edges. He's he hates long throws. He hates Stoke, doesn't he? And what do we do? We mock him and do dances. Arsene Wenger. That's your first choice, okay? Number two, controversial, because this one, similar to Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars, we're continuing that theme, he was once on the light side of the force, wasn't he? He was good. (laughs) He he knew the way, and he helped us. But then what happened? He went to the dark side, and after he'd left, we've never been able to beat him, have we? He has become our Darth Vader. I'm talking Tony Pulis. So... As a manager of our rival's team, do we go Arsene Wenger or Tony Pulis? I mean, I'd say apart from the obvious reasons, um, I'd, if, if in this alternate universe this was a team that we were going to play, because this is the sort of hated eleven Stoke against this team, there's only one option, because only one of them will we ever beat as a manager. And that's that's not without that's without saying any of the other of a plethora of reasons why he should be the most hated manager. And it, so, for me, it's got to be Arsene Wenger. Um, I, I'm sorry, it's obvious, but there's it's obvious for a reason because he's just personified <laughs> hatred. He's hate he's hatred yeah. personified for a Stoke fan. Fair, Dave. Where do you... Th- I mean, have I swayed you with a Tony Pulis last-minute vote, or...? Mm, I'd, I'd go with Wenger as well. Purely because I wouldn't want, I wouldn't like to see him manage a lot of these players either. I feel like the back four would be his back four. But can you imagine t- uh, Tony Pulis managing Kevin De Bruyne? Or Gareth Bale? <laughs> <laughs> can they track back? And That's the question. With Wenger... It- I think if you could describe like Stoke's season in a gif, the Wenger crowd thing would describe Stoke in the Premier League. And I feel like he's the man. Like When you think of Stoke in the Premier League, Wenger's the man. And I feel like this just tops it. All that gif would be forever the memory of Stoke if we ever went. Well, not if, Arson... if, when. When we... <laughs> I mean... Uh... A little bit of last-minute negativity there. We're trying to keep it light, Dave. Goodness me. <laughs> Arsene Wenger, it is then, as manager of this team. The epitome, the epitome of our rivals, isn't he, Arsene mm. Wenger? Very good. Um, Right, well, that's our 11. I'll tell you what, I'll put it up on Twitter in a bit. People can tell us what they think, if we've got any wrong. If they would who they replace with send us yours in listeners that would be great um i think that's going to wind it up for us this time on the podcast um gentlemen it's been a pleasure as always uh, i look forward to doing similar lists in the future because <laughs> i love a good list i love, love these lists. lists they're good fun um 
it only remains for me to say thank you, Dave. No problem. No worries. And Ben, welcome back. It's been a while, hasn't it? Too long. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. As much as I'm now filled with hate, I feel like I need to go play FIFA and lose a bit so I can let out some of my anger. (laughs) I mean, I I would prefer you to just go and look at some Spanish men. That might cheer you up. That would be a bit later on, mate. A bit later on. Or maybe the 2011-2012 Premier League years. That's that's a great... (laughs) Oh, video as well. If you want to see me. CC's goal about five times, do it. There we go. We've all got we've all got our, our evening activity sorted now. <laughs> we we do we do. If anyone knows any Spanish men, tweet in, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. I did. I think I feel like I'm casting aspersions on you, and I feel that's unfair. Right, let's go before this unravels further. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Wizards of Dribble podcast. If you like what you hear and have not done so already, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Acast, or wherever you got your podcast from. Like us a lot? Then please tell your friends and family about us, or even leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help the podcast grow. You can follow the pod at Wizards of Dribble on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash Wizards of Dribble, and subscribe for all extra podcasts at Patreon. Thanks once again for listening. Go on, Stoke.